course it's going to rain if you're going to hold a World Series in Philadelphia in October, November, November. Historically, it's going to rain. Game three was rained out last night. They will uh, get it going again today. Alterations have been made to the schedule, of course. Um, Kevin Barker, though, the one thing that hasn't changed is Dusty Baker's plans for his pitching. Uh, Still going to go with Lance McCullers and then Christian Javier in game four. I guess probably no real surprise that he's doing that, and Rob Thompson is taking advantage of the extra day to uh, to go with Ranger Suarez and you know delay, I guess, the the bullpen day or the Noah Noah Syndergaard day as long as he can. <clears throat> yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense, right? Now you got Ranger Suarez. If you, there is a game seven, he can pitch in that, and it's all hands on deck. You know the rain the the Rain day gave you a chance to get the bullpen guys that matter the most for the Phillies raring and ready to go. Now you can go to them anytime you want to go to them. If it's early in the game, you need them more than an inning, you can use them that way. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr., look, that's that's the right choice for me. Christian Javier, why would you want Justin Verlander to be pushed at all? I mean, what, what would tell you that anything you've seen from him, the breaking ball, the fastball command, that he doesn't need an extra day? That doesn't for me. So that's the right choice, too. Javier's got the extra gear. He's got the good enough breaking ball. He can eliminate some left-handed hitters, which is a big deal. Don't think the crowd on the road is going to be a big deal for Javier. So, yeah, if you're a fan of baseball, everybody that's lined up the best guy on that team facing the other guy's best guy on that team, that's the way you want to see it, and this is the way it's lined up. So sometimes rain delays are are a good thing. The way it goes right now, Ranger Suarez will get the start tonight. That allows Aaron Nola to pitch game four on full rest. Then you've got Syndergaard or Kyle Gibson, who hasn't pitched in a for for what seems like an eternity, but he I mean he's a possibility. Uh, he he he's a possibility. Or again, you could go with, you know, you 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 have Cindergard and and a better rested bullpen. And I think this delay really helps Rob Thompson because it's pretty clear, Kevin, that one, I think he's a little more aggressive in his use of his bullpen than Dusty Baker, and two, he's a little more aggressive in his use of the bullpen than Dusty Baker because he has to be because of the reason we've talked about. He's got Zach Wheeler, um, you know, his his, his number two starter who. Clearly, there are tons of red flags around Zach Wheeler this postseason. So th- this delay absolutely, absolutely helps the Phillies. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, you could probably argue that, that it's it's better for the Phillies than it is the Astros. The Astros got a plethora of choices. It's just Dusty Baker staying out of the way. I hate to say it that way because I love Dusty, but that's that's sort of what it's come down to. Yeah, look, it's it's for the Phillies, and if you're Rob Thompson, you, again, you got those guys that are rested out of the bullpen. You know how they sort of tick and, and how you get the best out of them. The more rest they get, the better off they're going to be, the location. And you add a little bit of weather to that and, and power and velocity. And and it is, for me, about if the Astros can score first, take the crowd out of it. I I, I mean, every time you turn the TV on, it's all, it's all about Citizens Bank Park and uh-oh and how how are the Astros going to do it? How are they going to play in there? I just don't get it. Like, I, 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 I guess that's a thing. I mean, I, if the Astros, if the, say it's 3 nothing Phillies in the fifth inning, maybe it could turn into something. But if it's three nothing Astros in the fourth inning, 
I, I just don't see how the, the crowd's going to be a factor. If Lance McCullough's got both breaking balls and, and you know, David Hensley can give them something at the bottom of the order, dh and for the Astros, and then the guys that matter for the Astros start getting the foot down and getting it singing, does it matter about the crowd? So, you know, that's sort of an interesting little topic. And, and see if it's for real. I don't think it is. I think it's overblown. But we'll see. The, if they score the first, they way- get the crowd in. If the Phillies, it, it'll be interesting to see how it takes place i mean you know how i feel about crowds in baseball it doesn't change what you can do or can't do as a pitcher or player i mean it just doesn't it 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 doesn't it, i mean if, if you rely on the crowd to get your senses heightened in game three of the world series you probably shouldn't be at game three of the world series i, I was interested in seeing philadelphia and halloween just because i've never been in philadelphia and halloween i've been in philadelphia for postseason games i think i've probably covered the majority of postseason games at Citizens Bank Park up until this year. And it's okay. Is it the loudest park on the planet? No. Is it the rowdiest? Doesn't even come close to Drunk Fenway Park or or Old Yankee Stadium, which was just on, a, on another level. So I guess... I. To me, it's a storyline because what the hell else are you going to talk about? Once you, you know, Dusty doesn't ha- doesn't help you by saying he's sticking with the same starting rotation. There's there's no controversy there. Um, I you know Philadelphia's got this reputation, but I mean, come on, as, as I've said about the the Astros, they've been dealing with this for what two years? Yeah. That they're a bunch of cheating dogs, and they the were. Phillies weren't affected by the Astros cheating. Yeah, right. It was the Yankees and it was the Dodgers. So I I don't know, man. I, I think it's a I just think it's an overblown storyline. Unless the fans start throwing stuff at players. Which uh I I don't I don't necessarily see that. And the other thing is a lot of times the World Series, because of ticket prices, you're not getting the hardcore drunk. You know, you're getting the you're getting the dude you're getting the dude who's there with his company tickets. Right, or you're getting the guy who's paid whatever a thousand dollars in the secondary market. So, yeah, I think that storyline is kind of it is it's kind of overblown. The only thing that I've been interested in, and and it, it, it'll be fascinating to talk to to get a chance to talk to the pitchers in this series once it's over. The only thing I've been interested in is the impact it's had on Pitchcom. Has it had an impact on Pitchcom? You know, because remember mm-hmm. we've seen with Jordan Romano in Toronto, right, having to put his glove to his ear so he can hear the, so he can hear the the, the Pitchcom. That's the only way I can see this ever having an, an influence in the game, and it, it it doesn't appear to have mattered. Now, I mean, Houston was noisy with a closed. Houston's got a closed roof, and it was noisy. It didn't seem to me like the Astros were having a great deal of difficulty, or the Phillies were having a great deal of difficulty. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it's a, I think it's a thing. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a thing to talk about when there's an off day and when there's, there's nothing else to write about. I think the home crowd probably, you know, yeah, the Phillies are going to be comfortable playing in front of their home crowd, but that doesn't mean that the Astros are going to be scared. You know, the, the, the two don't have to go hand in hand. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it sounds like they're they're saying that that's why the Bra- the Braves lost. That's why the Padres lost. Oh, that's uh, rubbish. Well, that's I'm just saying. Rubbish. I'm just telling you what they said. I, I, again, rubbish. I've never been there this time of the year. That's I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. 
I think that's exactly what it is. I don't, I don't think the Braves showed up offensively. I think that's what it basically came down to. Austin Riley was sports Raiders looking for something to – that's like momentum yeah. and 110% and all that. But I, will, but I will say that you, you listen to the, the Phillies everyday guys talk, it sounds like they feed off the crowd. And if that's something that they can feed off of and make them a little bit better, and, and I don't know, go, go with that. But the other yeah, part of it, when it comes to the Astro and being booed, I ain't buying that. When I'm doing an interview and I hear a player tell me I feed off the crowd, you know what that means to me? That means to me that you really don't want to do this interview. You're wasting my time. I'm going to haul ass out of there. Like, just tell me you're not interested in doing the interview. That is, I, I, I could I give lessons on how to just kill interviews if you're a player. You could say anything. But that's what that says to me. You know, and it's the same thing. As, as soon as I hear someone say no one gave us a chance, I just say, I'm out of here. Yeah, you, you all can waste time with this lug nut if you want. I'm, I'm out of here. No one gave us a chance. I think LeBron James used to like, well, no one gave us a chance. Right, LeBron. You've been the underdog all along, the little engine that could. So, yeah, that, that to me is just, that's the stuff that athletes say because they don't want to answer questions. No, the, you know, oh, yeah, I, I feed off the crowd. Really? It's funny. Still can't hit a fastball. What, do you, what, what did you feed off the crowd? What if it's Bryce Harper saying it? He can hit a fastball. I saw him take 99 over the left center field wall to help him move on to a next series. I mean, that's, And that was because of the crowd. Of the, the crowd got him jacked like up. It had nothing to do with the pitcher where the location was. Just got – I, I, I well, hit that saying, ball harder because the crowd was noisier. That's bull. That's bull. <laughs> All right. I mean, it is. It's great. Hey, if fans – yeah, if, if go there and yell and scream. I – yeah, you know, it's your absolutely go there and yell and scream. It's what makes the game fun. It adds to the atmosphere, which ain't making any difference. I mean, you're not. Mm. You're, you're just not. We'll see. That's the only thing I can say is we'll see. I mean, it's we've seen I, I people mean, drop baseballs on a mound. We've seen people balk because they can't hear because of the noise. Once. Maybe you know that's how, what it happens. About. It happens so little. It, it, it happens so seldom that we can remember it. Right, we can remember Johnny Cueto dropping the ball in the mound because it's probably one of three or four times we've seen it happen. Like, come on, and the balk call, come on, because of the crowd. I will say this. I mean, I, I will say this. There, yeah, there there have been instances where I think pitchers have been a little intimidated, but but they corrected it. It's not like it. For the most part, guys melt guys melt down. I mean, it just doesn't. It doesn't happen anymore. And it certainly doesn't happen with dudes standing at the plate. Like, come on, Kevin. When you stand at the plate, you don't notice the crowd. You're locked in on the dude in the mound. And what you got, you got a million and one things going on. You're not locked in in the crowd. If you got 30,000 yeah, people I, saying Barker sucks. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I, well, again, I can only relate this to winter ball because I played there a bunch, and that was the rowdiest, biggest crowds I'd played Those in that time of year. I, 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 I used, <laughs> I, I used earplugs because I couldn't hear myself too. think. So, yeah, I, I had to think about the crowd because I, I wanted to block it out to make myself at least give myself a decent chance to put a ball in play. She couldn't understand but, what half the people were Well, there are no. There are some universal words that we all understand in every language, aren't there? That is true. I was Anyhow, a crowd so favorite, we, Jeff. I was a crowd favorite. I know you were. I know, I know you were. I know you were. Uh, anyhow, we'll uh, we'll be joined by Dan Schulman. We'll take a deeper dive. We'll stop talking about the, in, the impact that a crowd has on on the game. I mean, unless they're throwing stuff. They're not going to throw stuff. Uh, Albert Pujols is officially retired today. 
not not a news flash, but he's filed the papers. I was one of those people hoping he wouldn't, but it, I, I'll give Albert credit. Uh, you know, you say you're going to do it, then then follow through. He got the seven hundred. Um, that was really quite a year, you know, Kevin. We we talked about it when it was going on, but when you look back at it, that really was that really was something. And I guess other than going out by winning a World Series. That's the way you, you, if you're an all-time great, that's kind of the way you want to go out, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's the greatest right-hand hitter I've ever seen in person, on TV. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. You see the adjustments he made this year. He was just he just didn't fill a roster spot. He was a legit no. reason why they went to the playoffs and they were having a decent chance of making a little run at it is because of Albert Pujols and the things he was doing offensively. And you know he started being just a guy who was facing lefties to a guy that you wanted to pencil in. You know thinking about getting at bats in the first inning because he's that good. He's doing that good of things. Couldn't help your team do special things in October and hopefully in November. So, yeah, again, he's – look, I I just remember watching him on commercials, uh, watching him in the batting cage, working off the high tee, working off the low tee, just doing the little thing that makes him special that sometimes you hear, well, why you do that? That's not, that's not, that's not what you do is work off the tee because it's boring. Well, the greatest hitter, right-handed hitter to ever walk earth, in my opinion, does it, so why wouldn't you do well, it? Well, I just never walked Come on, well, that's, Hank, that's me. Hank, you you have your opinion. I, mean, ones, I have my the opinion. The ones we've seen, the ones we've seen, the ones we've seen. I, I'm not. Listen, he is. He's he's right up there. I'm also going to you say have your opinion. Gonna, I have my yeah, opinion. You're going to hate opinion this too. is Albert Pujols. A Rod was pretty good. A Rod was a pretty good hitter. A Rod yeah, was stick a pretty with good that. hitter. You stick with that. I'm you, just you saying. Go, you go. You go right on with that. Yeah. You're the one that all. You're the only one that tunes in to listen to him talk on TV too, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Did not say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Although I, I, I did, I did catch. They've got a Rod doing a show on one of the one one of those networks that the only reason you watch it is because you know you turn you're flipping around and somebody calls you and you stop in the middle of it and you look up and go, oh, it's a home and garden channel. They have they have they have a Rod like doing a show. They have a Rod doing a show where he's helping people uh, resurrect their reputation. Right, like they, they had the one I was watching was the yeah. was sw- the swimmer Ryan Lochte or whatever the hell his name was one of those disgraced American swimmers from the Olympics and uh, and and basically the the Alex was helping this guy realize that helping him and his life partner realize that as a disgraced unemployed swimmer you probably shouldn't be buying Bentleys you should be looking at something else and there's this great scene where A Rod's trying to convince them to buy a Mazda. And it's like Alex Rodriguez, life coach. Yeah, I kept waiting for him to say, and if all that doesn't work, here's a needle. <laughs> Stick it in your ass, see what happens. So that that's that's my take on A-Rod. But I am willing to give A-Rod. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give A-Rod the fact that he was a pretty damn good hitter. A-Rod, young A-Rod, A-Rod, young A-Rod was a good hitter, Kevin. He was. But, okay, but, but you're asking me right now, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince people that Albert Pujols wasn't a better hitter than him. I'm just not. But I'm saying that I think that there are some other folks in that discussion. And I apologize because I don't want to take it away from Pujols's, uh, from, from Pujols's retirement. And you are absolutely right. The fact that 
he finished the year. Think about this. It was basically a vanity play by the St. Louis Cardinals. And the idea was, this is great. Let's take advantage of the DH. How do we make sure Albert doesn't screw us? How do we make sure that we can get through this year and keep everybody happy? Turn this into a joke. Exactly. Then, as you say, all of a sudden in the second half of the year, you're going, we got to get Albert more at bats. Like, (laughs) and and that, if if you want to talk about a guy having an impact, when you force your manager's hand, I I mean, a hat's off to him. That is, that is. You know, I, I guarantee you that the Detroit Tigers, that A.J. Hinch is looking at that and going, please, God, I hope this happens with Miguel Cabrera. You know, please, please, baseball gods, please let this be the way Miguel Cabrera goes out. I, That's why I've said, I, I, I've said this for years, people who turn their noses up at the D.H., they were missing something, man. They were missing something. I think those are the old days. Uh, the old days, uh, just for me, Albert Pujols, it's the little thing of adding a leg kick. It's the trying to create momentum because you're older and you need to try and get your hands going a little bit quicker, a little bit more direct to the baseball to give yourself a chance to get the head out on velocity. It's genius. Like, and it's a hard thing to buy into because you've had some, so much success as he's, that he's had that it's not the easiest thing to do to go look in the mirror and go, dude, this ain't working. Like, I can't be hitting somewhere around 200. i got to change some things up, give myself a chance. I don't want to be a joke. I'm a, I'm a really good hitter. But to actually buy into it and make some adjustments and make yourself, you know, a guy that can do some things, some serious things to help a team go to some places. And actually, a organization wants you up the first inning, gets really good right-handed pitching. I, it's, that's just a, t- a feather in his cap. And, again, I – it's the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. I mean, he had about a 10- or 11-year span there where I just don't know how you could have better numbers. And it's, it's clean, it, Jeff. It's clean. Well, as far as we know. Oh, don't don't throw water on it. The, the, you no, just talked I, about I, a guy that you said was a great hitter for five minutes. Is, is, Kevin, is, I, how, how did that Kevin, work as, as far as we know, let's put it this way. As far as we know, he didn't fail any tests. As far as we know, he didn't fail any drug mm. test. That's all I'm saying. He, I mean, he's, he's of that era. He's of that era. And unfortunately, all the guys in that era, we can't sit here and say with 100% certainty that he didn't cheat. There's not a player. We can't do that. I, I'm sorry. We just can't. We used to do that. We can't do that anymore. Not, I mean, none of us have covered the steroid era. will ever be comfortable saying this guy did it 100% clean. I'll always say as far as we know, he tested clean. These are his numbers. 22 years. 296 batting average. 703 home runs. 2,218 RBIs. 11-time All-Star. 2001 Rookie of the Year. I forgot about that. 2001 Rookie of the Year. Won a batting title in 2003 and is a two-time Hank Aaron Award winner. He will be. He will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he'll be one of those guys that won't get 100% of the vote because there's still people voting who don't think anybody's a first. I I know, but, I mean, there are guys who who, who think that way. Uh, but he will be He's a slam-dunk first ballot Hall of Famer. I loved that. I was just going on social media as we were talking. A couple of Cardinals fans said, what if we don't want to accept this retirement? <laughs> It's like a, if, if, if you retire, if you tell your boss you're resigning and your boss says, I'm not accepting it, go back hmm. there and play. But anyhow, congratulations to Albert Pujols uh, going, out on, uh, well going out on a high. 
and uh, yeah, and I'm just looking at the. I was trying to find this thing. The amount of money Albert Pujols made playing the game. Uh, it's like second or third. Here we go. The third highest earning player in MLB history. Number one, A. Rod, four hundred and fifty-five million. Number two, any guess? Highest Trout. earning player? Nope. Miguel Cabrera, three hundred and fifty-three million. Number three is Pujols, 341. Number four is Verlander, 299. Number five, yeah, it's on Twitter, so it's got to be true. Number five, Zach Greinke, 277 million. Zach Greinke's agent Mm. uh, getting a spot in the Agents Hall of Fame forever uh, for that particular for that particular deal. DMs are open as always for Barker's backleg bits. Five ninety five ninety is the text line. The Chicago White Sox have hired Pedro Grifol as their new manager. He was a Kansas City Royals coach. Interesting, he didn't get the Kansas City Royals job, but he got the Chicago White Sox job. Uh, Kevin, we talked about the White Sox. and First of all, I don't know why the hell they wouldn't have kept Miguel Cairo. That's just me. But um, the, clearly the White Sox, you, you weren't going to go back. You weren't going to go back to Tony La Russa. Um, Boy, I, I just, it seems to me that that's a team that's just missed their window of opportunity. They're, yeah, really maybe. Does. I mean, they, they, play, they, they still got, and, and I know. The that division, division they play in stinks. Correct. Correct. I mean, correct. it gives you, it gives you, an, uh, You're right. uh, well, it gives you an opportunity to reboot a little bit. You get the manager in there you want. Tony Russo obviously wasn't the guy. Like, I, I mean, he's falling asleep during the game. Like, no disrespect to a Hall of Famer because that's what he is, and I will never do that. But it was obvious that he wasn't the right what, choice. Fall asleep and, during a game? Oh, absolutely. So it's it's obvious that he wasn't the right choice, and they took care of that. And, you know, it seems like they're trying to fix the clubhouse. Man, that's a big deal. It's just funny how you need to have a, a leader. We're seeing that with the Blue Jays. You're needing that guy that can raise his hand and go, that's not the way we're going to do it here. We're not going to do those kind of things. Me, it was all about injuries. I mean, you look at the White Sox. The main guys they, they have on their team that was supposed to carry their team didn't play half the time because they were hurt. So – Maybe you try and take care of that. You're trying to do both at one time, right? You're trying to get everybody healthy. You're trying to take care of your clubhouse. Uh, you know, it seems like that he's done it all, right? He's almost been a khaki. Like, he just – he's done everything in baseball you could possibly be. And it sounds like he's earned it. Like, he's earned this opportunity to go. And, and he's he's coming to a decent team. Like, they got some pieces. And they play, yeah, in, I know. They Listen, play in an awful division. So he's, he'll probably and, hit and the ground running, which is a big deal. And he's got an owner who likes to spend money. Yeah, and, and he's, uh, you know, he, I mean, he's worked. He's worked to get up there. He'll become the fourth the fourth active Latino manager in baseball, Pedro Grifo with the Royals. Uh, sorry, with the uh, White Sox, Alex Cora. With the Red Sox, Davey Martinez. With the Nationals. And who am I missing? Oliver Marmol with the St. Louis Cardinals and uh, Matt Quattraro, Quattraro was named manager of the Kansas City Royals. Canadian Scott Thorman was in the running for the uh, Royals job, but it ended up going to Matt Quattraro, Quattraro who is the was the Rays bench coach. And uh, hopefully for them, hiring that Rays bench coach works out better than the last time a team hired a raised bench coach to be their man. Yeah, it's like it's like every it's like every owner in in football that wants to go to the Patriots just because of that 
coach that's with the Patriots that just think it's the Patriots' way. They got to be able to bring that over here. Sort of the same thing with the Rays, right? The little engine that could. They don't spend no money. Look where they go every single year. Maybe they can bring a little insight over here and tell us those underground secrets that only the Rays know. That's why they're doing that. And hopefully they can catch some lightning in the bottle. For me, it's about the players. I'll say this and I'll continue to say it. Your manager's only as good as your players. The managers that show up are the managers this time of the year. You don't mention Rob Thompson right now as a good guy. You mention him because he brought in Alvarado in the fifth inning to pitch against the other team's best left-handed hitter. That's why you're talking about him. So the manager, for me, will show up big time this time of the year. Why did we talk about that manager with the Blue Jays? That's the manager now because of his last game. So it's... It's a little give and take there, but, you know, looks like they're trying to, you know, bring a little over from the race, which is okay. You can do that. Hopefully they can do that in a cheaper way, and they can make a, you know, get their organization all headed in the right direction, which is ultimately the goal here, right? Dan Shulman is ESPN's voice of the World Series. He will, of course, have the call on the radio tonight as uh, the World Series resumes. Game three tonight, game four tomorrow. And uh, Dan Schulman joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So there will be baseball tonight. Game three of the World Series, so there's something to do. Not much to do last night except toss out candy to the kids. I went trick-or-treating with my son. Really? What'd you go dressed as? Myself. Oh. Oh, you just you, you look just up? like Kevin Barker. <laughs> Anybody yeah. say that? I, no. It was dark. <laughs> my son was Mario. The- did you go to the door? Did you go to the door? Or did you stand back, stand in the background? No, I, I did not hand out candy. I went with my son and walked around to the doors. Okay, so you didn't give out any candy. You just took everybody else's candy. Well, I mean, I. So that's that's a mean least, way to say it, but it's true. But yes, that's exactly you, what happened. Did you at least put a jack o' lantern in the front? Carve a pumpkin. No, my wife is not here, so... Well, you can carve a freaking pumpkin. It's not like... I mean, if you want to cheat, get those cookie cutters and, like, put the cookie cutters on them and and hammer the cookie cutters into the pumpkin. So, I mean, it does look a little odd. You know, you'll have Christmas trees for eyes and and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. No, I did not do any of that. I'm a little disappointed. You didn't give out. So, you know what that means now? Everybody in the neighborhood knows that that house is the house that doesn't give out candy on Halloween. And you do not want to be that house. No. You do not want to be that house. I'm off to a bad start for sure. That is. I'm really disappointed. Thank you. I thought I was good doing a good thing, taking my son around, and he was all well, you happy. Were, you were being a good. You were I being was holding a good candy. Father. He got so much he wouldn't fit in the little uh, the jack o' lantern that he had. So I was holding it and I was putting it in my pocket. You know what you and, can do? You can always put candy in the front. Just put it on the front of your house on a table and just say, "Please, you know." And the kids, will, kids will be good. Kids with parents, they'll take one or two. They won't take the whole thing. That's not true. I, I, I have. 
I have talked to my neighbors here that said they tried that the last couple of years and, and kids were taking the entire bowl and putting it only in their bucket. And they had to put a stop wow. to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a serious business around here. here. Let's bring it. Okay. Let's bring in Dan. Let's bring in Dan Shulman. He is uh, calling the World Series for ESPN Radio. Dan Shulman yesterday was robbed of the opportunity. The one thing he hasn't done as a broadcaster cover a World Series game in Philadelphia on Halloween, which I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you were looking forward to what that place would have been like. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, a bunch of them were out there before they uh, officially postponed the game. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. You know who I feel sad for is a lot of families probably brought their kids out to see the game, and then the game yes. gets rained out, and they miss out on Halloween, right? So, I mean, first world problem. But, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, so now everybody who had tickets for last night comes tonight, and everybody who had tickets for tonight, they were minding their own business. Now they can't come till tomorrow night. You know, there's a domino effect here, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, last night would have been quite a scene, but I, I can't wait for tonight. Um I have not. I was. I've been on the American League side, so I have not done a playoff game here this year. But everybody I know who's been here says it's like off the charts, loud and passionate. So I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, that's about, that was my next question. Is, is this going to be that big of a deal for the Astros to overcome? Is the crowd? Do you think? Well, let me jump in with a little side note because I heard you guys arguing. So my wife <laughs> took. I've got a. I got a three year old, and and my my wife took him out trick or treating with the neighbors and left the bowl on the front porch last night and we have like the you know the Rogers home like it it the video we've got a camera and four four kids came up and just like literally emptied the bowl into their yeah. into their bags and and disappeared so at like 6 at 6:15 or whatever it was over at our house and so and and if we ever catch those little kids in scream masks man we're going to so but, <laughs> but I I guess. I'll tell you what um, yeah. Maybe it's your neighborhood because we did it. We did it a couple of years, and and it it was fine. I mean, the candy lasted. No. Kids were quite selective. No, I was I was very disappointed. Like it, it was like they were like a well-oiled machine too. They had a lookout. Like they like they knew exactly what they were doing. So. They didn't spray paint the. Uh, they didn't spray paint the camera or anything like that, though, right? No, no. Wouldn't Part that have the been something? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but to, to, to answer your question, uh, Kevin, no, I, I don't think so. The Astros, you know, especially some of the key guys, they've been getting booed for three years everywhere they go, right? So uh, I, don't think it, I don't think it'll really impact them. I think guys like Altuve and Bregman have heard everything you're going to hear, heard words we've never imagined and, and, you know, noise levels that we can't imagine. And uh, I, I think they'll be fine. This is their fourth World Series in six years. I think these guys, will, I think they'll be all right. Who does the delay help more? On the surface, it would appear to help the Phillies a little more just because I think it it strengthens Rob Thompson's hand in terms of how he can use his pitchers. Yeah, I think so. I don't know that it helps anybody so much, Jeff, for tonight. I think the big one was, and a lot of the conversation at the ballpark last night was, okay, if they're going to rain this one out, will there still be a travel day? Do they push six and seven back, or will it be five games in a row? Five games in a row, in my opinion, definitely would have favored the Astros because they've got a much deeper pitching staff, in, in my opinion. So I think by keeping the travel day, I think that helps the Phillies. And as far as I know, there's no precedent or there was no precedent to do what they did 
like to push Mm -hmm. six and seven back. I mean, I don't, I'm not getting in the middle of a fight or anything between the two teams, but yeah, if if anybody got help by this, uh, I think it's the Phillies, but it's more so that we might see it in game five and a game six rather than tonight and tomorrow night. I was very fortunate to play with Dusty Baker, and then I start hearing that he's changing the DH at the bottom of the order. It was DS. It was Mancini. They, I mean, they, what were they, three for 34 in the postseason? They've been great. I mean, it's borderline awful. So he's almost forced his hand to where he has to do something. But he is a veteran player guy. Like, he is that woosah. He's going to bring you in the room and say, what you know, the older him? guy needs to stick together. Woosah. Like, you know, you're holding your ears and you're, uh, you're playing the, the nice scented candles and I mean, he's a, he's a great dude. He he, he respects he the older player is my point. Yeah, and to be the guy that's taking out the older guys and putting in a guy like David Hensley, Dan, does this surprise you that he would do this game three on the road? Um, it didn't because it's been going on for a while. Like you said, I, I'm not even sure they're three for 34. I think they might be one for 34, I'm, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure about yeah. that. Mancini doesn't, Mancini doesn't have a hit and hasn't come close. And Diaz didn't look very good in his last game, too. So we asked we asked Dusty about it in his office yesterday. And it's funny you mentioned scented candles in Houston. It's a whole scene. His his office is a whole is a whole thing. But we go into his office here in Philadelphia, and the first thing I said to him because I've been lucky enough to know him forever, I said, Dusty, where are the scented candles? And he's like, Nah, man, I can't travel that. He goes, I brought my music. That's all I brought. So, but <laughs> it's, it's still Dusty. He's like, you know, people have asked me, people have asked me, hey, you know, Rob Thompson, Canadian, you got to be rooting for the Phillies, right? And, and I love Rob Thompson's the best guy in the world, as you guys know, tied for first with Dusty Baker, like Dusty Baker's that good of a guy, too. And obviously, there's some sentimental stuff going on for him because he hasn't, you know, he's been around forever. But um, I, I don't think I'm surprised because it's just gotten worse and worse over the last few games. And, and I'm not sure that Dusty doesn't think that sticking Hensley in there might maybe, you know, spark one of the other guys or, or, or something. And, and sure. maybe he comes back with them in the next game. I mean, if Hensley gets a couple of hits, Hensley plays. If Hensley doesn't get a couple of hits, one of the other guys is back in there. But it, it, it's funny. It, it's a real, real dead spot on this team right now. And a couple of weeks ago, we looked at this team and said they don't really have a weakness. Now, this is just one out of nine spots in the order. But this is a weakness right now. Um, and, and with Hensley playing, you got to put Alvarez out in left field again. And they're, they're not so worried of, not, about Alvarez making a mistake in left field. They, they, they say he's better than the outside world thinks he is. But I think they are worried about having him out there two, three days in a row because he's got bad knees. So, um, and, and the only other guy who can go out there is Oledmus Diaz, who's, not, who's really a natural infielder, as we know. So it, it, it's funny. Like, if the Astros had gone out and gotten just one average run-of-the-mill rental left fielder, they, they'd be in a lot better place right now. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you a completely unfair question. You've seen you got a steady diet of Jeremy Pena this postseason. You've seen a, the other, a lot of the other young shortstops in the game as well. How do you compare Jeremy Pena to Bo Bichette and some of the other young guys? Oh, uh, they're they're well. The, here's the funny part: Bo's got four years in the big leagues. He's younger than Jeremy Pena. We <laughs> we forget yes. we forget yes, we how do. young Bo and Vladdy are sometimes. You know, um, uh, Alejandro Kirk. I think all three of them, Kirk and and I'm getting off topic here. Kirk, Vladdy, and Bo are all younger than Adley Rutschman. 
right? Like some of the, you know, the, the Blue Jay guys came up early. Rutschman's a college guy. Pena's a college guy. He went to the University of Maine. So he doesn't get drafted till he's 21, 22 years of age. They are obviously totally different players. Um, right. Pena looks like he's going to be really good. And I think he, he had a decent year offensively. He's been great in the postseason offensively, ALCS MVP, some big hits. What Jeremy Pena has, and I'm not saying Bo doesn't, I think Bo has this as well, as different as they are. Excuse me, Jer- Jeremy Pena looks like a 32-year-old guy. He looks like he's been playing in the majors for eight years, just in terms of the way, how calm he is, the way he carries himself. Um, the first day of the ALCS was my first Houston game, and Altuve was there, and I went over and asked him. I said, can I ask you a question? He goes, yeah, and I said, what's Pena's heartbeat like? Like, what's he like? And and he did like that, you know, with his hand going parallel to the floor, like like across a horizontal. He goes, he goes, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Looks like he's been playing forever, and it's true. You watch a guy five six games in October, and and you learn some things about him. I think he's going to hit more going forward than he did in the regular season, and I think he's already a an above average defensive shortstop. He makes plays. Um, I don't know that he's a spectacular star in the making like I don't think he I don't think his upside is as high as Bo's upside offensively I don't I don't think he's Trey Turner or or anything like that but mm-hmm. you know could he be could he be Xander Bogarts yeah I, I think he could be a Xander Bogarts type of player he's he's a really good young player Dan do you have any idea if Zach Wheeler is hurt I, I just wonder the way they're handling him the way his fastball looks the way he looks like he's trying to throw hard you know when he's good it's free yeah. and easy and it's coming out and it's hot boy that last little five feet's hot it just looks like he's forcing it and that would tell you something's up do you think something's up with him so he had a forearm thing or forearm slash elbow thing in August and into September and he missed a month and they brought him back and he made three starts and he was good. Um, and then, you know, he's gone into the postseason. And before this one against Houston, his numbers were great. But the velocity dropped like in the fifth, sixth inning of every start. And I think they kept him under 100 pitches in every start. So I, th- I think they're being careful with them. They also flip-flopped them, right, for this series. I think Wheeler was going ahead of Nola. And this series, Nola's going ahead of Wheeler. They just wanted to give him an extra day. So I think he's got a little something going on in there, but it may just be he's coming off something, and now he's really had to ramp it up. Like imagine, you know, I've never pitched, never had a forearm, you know, uh, elbow problem, but to come back in the middle of September when your team, like let's not forget, they were life and death to make the playoffs, right? Uh, They barely Mm -hmm. uh, made the playoffs. So he comes back to make three high-pressure starts, and now he makes four more in the playoffs. You know, seven high-pressure starts, coming off some forearm inflammation or flexor tendon, whatever it is. So I don't think he's 100%. I think he's good enough to be out there, but I think they are kind of monitoring him a little bit. And, and you know, if they can – and that's another area where this could help the Phillies. You know, if if he goes in – when would it be? I'm going to get confused here with the rain. If, if they hold him until game six, if there is a six, there's another – two to six is already an extra day of rest. Two to six with a rainout in between is two extra days of rest. So if they hold him till game six, he might be a little bit stronger for that one. What surprised you the most of anything you've seen in the postseason so far? Player, decision, anything? Um, the Anything in the postseason at all would yeah. be how much the Yankees 
did look like a great team. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and again, they started 61 and 23. So that means they finished like 38 and 40. They played half a season of sub 500 baseball and then even more sub 500 baseball in the playoffs because they went three and two against Cleveland and then 0 and four against Houston. Just, you know, you'd look at their, I can't remember the batting order exactly, but sometimes you'd look at their lineup from five down and there was nothing there. There's nothing there. You know, you know, guys who were struggling and, you know, in the middle of the ALCS, we were talking about how many teams in the playoffs have three different leadoff hitters in three consecutive days and in the same days, three different shortstops in three consecutive days in the playoffs, a 99 win team. And I think that's what surprised me the most is how much of a shell of themselves they were at the end of the season compared to what they were at the beginning of the season. Now, their bullpen had injuries, and they didn't have LeMahieu and Benintendi, and that hurt them, but everybody has injuries. They had more than most, but everybody has injuries. But honestly, Jeff, I think the biggest thing that surprised me is how average the Yankees were in October. They barely got by Cleveland, and they I don't think they had any chance. I know, I know the games, three of the four were pretty close, but I don't think they had any chance against the Astros. Dan, really good of you to join us today. Thanks yep. so much. Travel safely and uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the games. All right, guys. Have fun. Thanks. Good talking to you. Take care. Thanks. It's Dan Shulman. He's got the call of the World Series on ESPN Radio. What are you laughing at? Well, whatever, whatever he was talking, you've never asked me that question. And, and the, the answer what? that I would have is how, how good question Kyle have Tucker I never would, answered you? The surprise or what, or, or question have what I have I seen? And, and no, I, well, I was going to do first, that at the end. But I, well, I, no, I, I have to be honest with you. The first thing that popped in my mind is how good Kyle Tucker would look in the Blue Jays lineup. Oh, that's, stop. That's the, first, that's the first thing I thought of whenever you were asking that question is, man, how good would Kyle Tucker look in right field? Woo-hoo! With the Blue Jays so hitting you, second. Want to, want to start a trade me? rumor? Want to start a trade Absolutely. rumor? Absolutely. Yeah. It would never happen, but, boy, he would look good in right field. Well, uh, man, I will, tell you, I will tell you this. It is remarkable watching a series – with a whole bunch of good left-handed hitters. <laughs> I mean, uh, it is. It, it, it's, uh, it kind of reinforces. I made a comment last week. It, you really need great players to win a World Series. You, know, you need elite, the best, some of the 10 best players in the game to win a World Series, which is why the Rays, God love them, don't win World Series. They've got good teams. They do not have, I would suggest, other than perhaps Shane McClanahan, they don't have anybody who's the best in the game. Randy Arroyo is exciting as hell. Yeah, but even that, I don't think the package wins. You've got to have Bryce Harper, uh, uh, Altuve, Bregman, Alvarez, Machado, you need guys like that to win a World Series. That's why I keep thinking that, <clears throat> you, you know, we can sit here and talk about Otani, and that that's fun. But uh, that's why I keep thinking that the idea that you might move a guy like Bo to bring in somebody who's a little better than Bo or bring in somebody who's a little better than Bo but hits from the left side, nah. I, I think you hang on to your elite players. And I, that's, I know that sounds like an obvious statement, but that, that's the thing that I really 
gets driven home to me in the World Series is just how you have to have a couple of great players to win this thing. I mean, you just do. The Yankees had one great player. They're not in it. I, well, I just wonder, too, how, how the lineup for the Blue Jays would match up against a Lance McCullers Jr. or a Zach Wheeler or Aaron well, Nola yes. or a Justin Verlander. They're all right-handed. Like, it's right. The, the you, you get the McCullers Jr. today flipping the slider 55 times in a row to a bunch of right-handed hitters like the Blue Jays. What's, what's the Blue Jays' weakness? The ball that spins that ends up down and away because they're all right-handed, and they tend to want to get out there and get it and, and do something special, which is nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying the right-handed hitters for the Blue Jays aren't good, but you need occasionally to make a guy flip something in a different direction. And if they don't have to, that's going to make that guy, even if he is not great, better because he can get in a groove and find the release point and all those things. But it's wishful thinking. I just know whenever you were asking that question to Dan and I was looking down at the lineups and I was thinking, man, Kyle Tucker would sure look good playing right and hitting second for the Jays. Yeah, well. See, I told you, too. Dan told you right away, don't put candy on the front porch just oh, so any it. Yahoo can come Mark up and Feldberg. steal it. Mark Feldberg just sent uh, on uh, on Twitter, sent a picture of of his porch. No one took our candy. I had leftovers, and he did the same thing. And he's got a Blue Jays. Guard dogs? Front, by the way. Fence. No, no. The kids. Kids didn't take their candy. I, it could just be the neighborhood you live in. You know, yeah. it, it could be. Maybe we live in I'm an sure honest, Dan lives in a pretty nice neighborhood. Blue-collar neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, but we sure. live in an honest, hard-working, blue-collar neighborhood, I guess. Steel workers and all that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> to each his own. We had a ton of candy left over uh, last huh. night. You know, so Good for uh, you. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to. And it, because I'm not... Maybe I'll come in the office next week and dump it off. That used to be the thing. We used to go into the office and dump stuff off. Uh, gas prices are really expensive. Were gas prices as bad then as they are now? The hell the gas prices have to do with that? You may have to, well, you may have to mail it, not drive it in. It's pretty far from Hamilton to OMP. <laughs> Just saying. All right, what are we expecting tonight? What are we expecting tonight? Give me, Give me your... Well, let me just see here because I said we go to DMs. Uh, just seeing what we got here, David. Uh, David, and, well, David, David, Dave, David in Mississauga. David in Mississauga wants to know. This, okay, this is kind of interesting. David in Mississauga wants to know if a guy like Lance McCullers, we talk about him spinning and all like with his pitches, how he will be affected pitching in cold weather. That's or a great weather question. that isn't cold weather that's, you know, the field's still going to be wet. Fall weather, because he's not pitching indoors. Now, he has had good games at Yankee Stadium where it has been known to be cold. Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I, I think he does have to, obviously, great pitchers pitch ahead. Is he great? He's borderline. When it's spinning right, he's a great pitcher, you could argue. Uh, I, I do think it's about how much he uses the fastball against his first four guys. Those first four guys, hammer, velocity, and they hammer if you miss location. How much will he use it? Can he get? Can that four guys in that lineup get him in fastball counts? Fastball counts for that guy is first two pitches three zero three one. Like you got to be probably not three one because he likes to spin it a lot. I mean he's getting it about curveball slider. You're getting that thing about fifty percent of the time. I mean I, 
that's a great question. It's you know sometimes it's about it's not so much about the weather. It's just about feel and landing spot and can you get it out front? And how good's the rotation and you're repeating your delivery and. You know, how dare I say the crowd early on. I do think for me anyway, I think it's very important that the Astros lineup punches first. Bust the bubble quick. Like, just don't give the Phillies any hope if you're an Astros fan. If you do that, that'll take a little pressure off Lance McCullers Jr. not to have to be so fine. If you don't have to be so fine, you tend to throw more strikes. Your pitches get a little bit better. They come out the way you want them to come out. You'll have success that way. He'll get in a groove. He'll go deep as the Astros fans want him to go. So, yeah, I don't think it'll bother him as much just because he's used to throwing it a bazillion times in one outing, and I don't think the weather will have too much effect on him. Must win for the Phillies tonight or must win for the Astros tonight? Yeah, yeah, I think just because the next three games are in Philadelphia, the Phillies seem to feed off the Phillies fans. I think it's more going there again, aren't you? No, I don't think so. I I just think it benefits the Phillies. I don't think the Astros care. So I I I I think for me, I think it's a must-win for the Astros. I think they. I don't think. I think the longer this thing goes, the more hope you give the Phillies if you're an Astros. What you're Player. saying is the longer it goes, the more decisions Dusty has to make. That's I didn't want to say it. Me. I didn't want to say it. I tried to circle around it, Jeff. But I went right to it. I went right to it. May come down to Verlander. Oh, well, we, that'll give us a talking point, because I don't know what you do with Justin Verlander right now. You pitch him. He's going to win the AL Cy Young short, Award. Real, yeah, real short leash, though. Is it about winning or is it about feelings? That's the question. That's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fan, as always, you can listen to us via podcast. If you do, please rate, review, subscribe. Leave us a nice little five-star rating. Have yourself a great day and enjoy the baseball.